Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Beast Up Front Podcast. This is your host, Ryan Coyle, joined alongside Kevin Cannon for our weekly show, NFL Big Five Games of the Week, along with our locks of the week and our props of the week. I'm recording this episode a little later in the week than usual, recording this on Friday, so we don't have those Thursday night props, but we do have a few for Sunday, uh, along with our Big Five Games of the Week and a few locks against the spread as well. Kevin and I both coming off of Probably our most disappointing weeks ever in our year and a half of doing the show, both going one and four last week. Uh, our spread picks did go two and one, though, uh, and our props went one and two. Season standings, I'm now at 500, actually. My worst record by far, 20 and 20. Kevin, you're at 21 and 19. Uh, our locks are five, three and one, and our props are at five and four, so. A uh, bit of a down week last week, looking to get back on the winning streak, though, this week. Uh, but welcome back to the show, Kevin. How are you? Good, thanks. Hopefully get back on track, like you said, this week. <laughs> All right, we start off with the AFC North, where we have the 4-4 four and four Browns. Uh, Odell Beckhamless Browns now, after all that drama. Uh, from this past week, he's officially released. We'll be traveling to Cincinnati to play the Bengals, coming off a loss to the Jets, who are 5-3. and three. Uh, this is a one o'clock kickoff on CBS. Bengals are a two and a half point home favorite. I'm going Bengals 30, Browns 24. Yes, the Bengals lost to the Jets, but I think it was more of a fluke. And that kind of got shown last night in the Thursday night game against the Colts. The Browns have been having issues all, all along this year, and they're pretty banged up right now. There was also a lot of drama this week with OBJ, OBJ his release coming soon, and the trade deadline earlier this week. The Bengals' defense has been pretty solid all year, and like I said, I think the Jets' game was more of a fluke than anything. This seems like they could, things seem like they could be spiraling uh, down in Cleveland. I think Joe Barrow and his wide receivers will be able to have a solid day against the Cleveland secondary. I agree. I think the Bengals are going to win as well, 27-20 here. Like you said, the both teams are coming off losses. I thought that was a disappointing loss for the Browns at home to lose to a Steelers team that isn't that strong. Uh, and then, obviously, with the, the Mike White performance of the century against the Bengals last week, a very disappointing loss for them as well. I had the chance to see that performance live, so I agree with you. I think it could have just been a fluke. Mike White did look pretty solid last night until he got hurt, but uh, I would be very surprised to see him repeat that performance ever again in the NFL. Uh, when it comes to the Browns, though, I don't think the way Baker has been playing is a fluke. I just... Coming into the year, I think I thought he was going to be the person who who would hold them back. I just don't think he's that great of a quarterback, and especially with being injured, I just don't think you can trust him. Bengals have a bit of a revenge game here, trying to avenge that poor loss last week. Uh, they're trying to prove that they're legit and not the Bengals of old. So uh, being at home, a huge game for them. I think the home team with the better quarterback wins this one. Bengals 27, Browns 20. Second game of the week. We got the Chargers at four and three traveling to Philly to play the three and five Eagles. Four or five kickoff on CBS. Chargers are one and a half point favorite. I got the Chargers winning a close game, 31 27. I think this game's going to be close um, throughout, and I think the Eagles are actually going to play pretty well. The Eagles are really, really good against terrible teams and not very good against uh, good teams. The Chargers are a pretty good team, and it's hard to see them losing three in a row. The Eagles will be able to run the ball with their running backs and Hurts uh, legs against the Chargers defense that allows 160 yards per game, which is the worst in the NFL. 
Hopefully Nick Sirianni sticks with it throughout the game. The Chargers have a lot of weapons on offense and should be able to take advantage of a defense that has looked lost at times this year. I don't know why I, I found my way to talking myself into somehow the Eagles winning this game 24-20 over the Chargers. I don't I don't know why I'm picking them, but every good, good quarterback they played this year, kind of like you were saying, they've got torched. Um, but the Birds have a lot working for them in this game, and I think it might be a little too much for the Chargers to overcome. This is the Chargers. Keep in mind, we're only going into week nine. This is their third game this year traveling to the East Coast. A lot of the times, you know, when the, I know when, like, the 49ers came here, they, they played two games on the East Coast, um, and one of them, they, they stayed in, like, West Virginia. Like, a lot of the teams will stay out here. I remember a few years ago when the Eagles went out west, they stayed out west because they were played there in Seattle and L.A. back-to-back weeks. This is the third different time the Chargers are traveling all the way from Los Angeles to the East Coast this year. So you got to think that takes a toll on them. Uh, usually the West Coast teams, like I was saying, only play like two games uh, back-to-back at most. This is their third game. So this is a, a schedule, a uh, bit of a disadvantage from the schedule makers for the Chargers here. And the Chargers also bring one of the worst rush defenses in the league to the table. They've given up the second most rushing defenses this year. Last week, the Eagles might have found their new identity. It was against a a poor Lions team, but so they committed to running the football. uh, And the Chargers, like I said, have given up the second most rushing yards this year. If the Eagles find a way to give the ball, Boston Scott, Jordan Howard, Kenny Gainwell, uh, even Jalen Hurts, too, mixed in the run, they could be able to keep Justin Herbert and that high-powered Chargers offense off the field. So with the Chargers having to travel across the country yet again, uh, I think the Eagles have a good advantage here, especially with being able to run the ball like they did last week. They're able to to not get down early and commit to that run game. They could keep Justin Herbert off the field and get a good good win here to go to four and five. And they have the fourth remaining schedule, easiest remaining schedule left in the league. So they could keep their playoff hopes alive. It looks like Dallas is running away with the East, but a wild card is still in reach if they're able to win this game. Third game of the week, a lot, a lot less popular now, uh, or at least not going to be as fun to watch, I think, due to Aaron Rodgers being out due to COVID. Uh, but still, a big-time game for both the Packers and the Chiefs as the 7-1 and Packers travel to Kansas City to play the 4-4 four and four Chiefs. The Chiefs are 7.5-point favorites now. The line was even before the Rodgers news. This will be a 425 kickoff on Fox. So I wrote uh, what I have down before the Aaron Rodgers news. The Packers are coming in with a few extra days rest in a healthy roster. The Chiefs beat the Giants, but they did not convince anyone that they have fixed their issues. Mahomes and the offense will be able to make plays against an average Green Bay secondary. However, the Packers are playing too good on offense and will be able to exploit a still terrible Chiefs defense. The Chiefs fall below 500. Um, Like I said, I wrote all that before the Aaron Rodgers COVID news, and now it's going to be Jordan Love. So I'm going with the Chiefs here, 24, Packers 20. I agree with you as well. Chiefs 30, Packers 24. I was leaning with going to the Chiefs going into the matchup. I just thought this was a game that, despite how poorly they've, they've been playing and even played on Monday night against the Giants, I thought this was a game where that they would show up and get the win. Uh, but now with Rodgers out of the fold, I definitely think that they'll be winning this game. This is a must-win for them, uh, the Chiefs, at being at home if they want to prevail their season with the Raiders at 5-2. and two. Chargers are looking like a potential playoff team. Even the Broncos are still in the mix there at 4-4. Four and four. But now with the Rodgers news, Love starting, you just have to roll with the Chiefs here. It'd be a massive upset if Jordan Love in his first start goes to Arrowhead and takes on Patrick Mahomes. I expect a lot of success in this game from Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. 
uh, just like they had last week against the Arizona Cardinals. This Chiefs defense is a, a very poor unit. Um, I also expect a lot of quick throws to Devontae Adams, but also I'm expecting a lot of coverage favored towards his way just due to the Jordan Love is just going to be locking in on him a lot, I think, in this one. So uh, Steve Spagnuolo, the defensive coordinator for the Chiefs, is a blitz-heavy guy. I expect him to throw a lot of different looks and, and pressures at Jordan Love in his first NFL start. Uh, so we could see a few turnovers from him, uh, which could be the difference in this game. So I think Chiefs 30, Packers 24, but I think Jordan Love holds his own and they stick to the running game. Uh, just a few too many mistakes down the stretch gives the Chiefs a big-time win. Uh, and Rodgers could be back next week for that Seahawks game. We'll see how he does with COVID, but he won't be eligible till next Saturday, and that game is Sunday against the Seahawks. So we'll see. That's something to monitor going forward as well. Our fourth game of the week, we got the 7-1 Cardinals at the 3-4 49ers. This is a 4-25 kickoff on Fox. Arizona, a one-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm going 49ers in the upset, 24, Cardinals 20. Um, it's looking like it's going to be Kyler starting. Um Colt McCoy is the backup, but Kyler's probably going to be a little bit limited with that ankle injury. The Cardinals come into the game banged up, and Jimmy G and the 49ers showed some life in the second half last week against the Bears. I think Jimmy G will continue to play solid football, and the 49ers defense is still more than a capable unit. Um, last time these teams played, Trey Lance started for the 49ers, and he didn't fare too well against the uh, Niners. D. Um, but I mean, the Niners, D still did a solid job against the Cardinals offense in that game. So I'm rolling with the Niners here. I'm taking the Niners here as well, actually. I actually didn't even write a score down, but I'm going to go 27-20 49ers. I like the – all right, this just doesn't make sense. <laughs> I like the Cardinals in this one. I wrote whether Kyler starts or not, but I'm changing my mind. Um I like the 49ers in this one. I meant whether Kyler starts or not. Uh, this is what happened last year with him. He got got dinged up as the year went on. We saw little nagging injuries, and they kind of uh, derailed the, the Cardinals season. He's just such a tiny quarterback, and he gets hit so often. I think that's just going to – we're going to see kind of the Cardinals start to sputter down the stretch. I still think they're going to be a playoff team. Uh, but he has these nagging injuries where whether it's a shoulder or an ankle, something like that, they carry on. Um, and that's really going to affect this Cardinals team. A.J. Green just went on the COVID list as well. J.J. Watt done for the year. These guys are starting to hit the injury bug a little bit. So uh, the Cardinals thing that they struggle with the most is physicality, and the 49ers are a physical run-first team. Like you said, when we watched these two teams play earlier in the year, Trey Lance first start, they went kind of head-to-head, and the 49ers had a chance to win if there, were, if there weren't for a few costly mistakes down the stretch. I think that the 49ers at home in this one know this is a must-win game if they want to stay in the playoff hunt with how good the NFC's been this year. Uh, they could still potentially get that seven seed if they sputter around the nine or 10 win mark. Um, but I think they're going to come in this one, pound the rock without J.J. Watt on that defensive line for Arizona. Uh, that's going to be a big loss. Whoever's playing quarterback in this one, whether it's a banged up Kyler or a, a Colt McCoy, I think the 49ers defensive line is going to cause him some pressure. Um, if the Cardinals win this game with or without Kyler, it'll give me reason to believe that they're a title contender and can play any style of ball and win. Uh, because this 49ers team, whether they're they're banged up or not, they're going to be physical no matter what, and they're going to be running the football down your throat. So if they could stop the run in this game, that would be a very impressive win for them to go to 8-1. I just don't think that they have the pieces to do it. So I'm going to go 49ers 27, Cardinals 20. In our last game of the week, we go to L.A., where the Rams will be hosting the Titans without Derrick Henry. 
Uh, Titans are six and two. Rams are seven and one. This is an eight twenty kickoff on NBC. Rams are a seven point favorite. I got the Rams thirty one. Titans twenty four. I don't think the Titans season is over with the loss of Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill has impressed in a couple games this year where he's shown he's capable of producing even when Derrick Henry wasn't having a great day. The Titans' identity shouldn't really change with Jeremy McNichols and the addition of Peterson. I just think it's going to take a few weeks to them for them to get used to not having Derrick Henry back there. The Rams added Vaughn Miller this week to an already scared defense, and the Rams' offense will be able to move the ball deep against the Titans' secondary. I agree with you here. I think the Rams are going to win as well. I have them 31-24, or excuse me, 34-24. Two of our games this week, we'll be missing two of the biggest stars in the game with Aaron Rodgers and Derrick Henry out. Um, I like the Rams previously going into this one, but now without Derrick Henry, I like them even more. I think that they're the top team in the NFC right now, and they're on their home turf. Matt Stafford looking very comfortable in that offense, and he's grown. Uh, as we've seen in the season, he's starting to get more guys involved, but he's made Cooper Cup one of the top five receivers in the league this year. Daryl Henderson has merged as a legit running back as well. Uh, and just without Henry, I'm not that confident in the time being that Tannehill can have that same success that he normally does based off of that play action. So I think Matt Stafford has a good day on this Titans secondary here, uh, and they keep it rolling. So give me Rams 34, Titans 24. Now we'll go to our, our spreads of the week. Our first one is Ravens minus six, coming off a bye, well-rested. Vikings lost to Cowboys without the best quarterback in the league. Don't think the Vikings will be turning their season around. I just think they're not a good football team. Next one is Patriots minus three and a half. The Panthers have one win since the first three weeks. Patriots are starting to figure it out and are coming off a win against a really good Chargers team. Uh, And our last one is Rams minus seven, elite team, no Derrick Henry. Enough said here for this one. I like the Ravens minus six against the Dolphins. I also like the Patriots minus three and a half against the Panthers, who are kind of falling down this year. Not big on the Rams minus seven against the Titans. I have it as a push right now, and I think that game could end up being pretty close. I, I, I've I been hearing the Ravens a lot. Uh, people, some people have them at five and a half or six. Uh, this is one of those games where now that the, the Vikings just lost that game to the Cowboys with Cooper Rush playing, Everyone's going to be kind of writing them off. And now they'll come out this week and have like a surprise victory or something weird. Uh, I'm just not very confident in that one. I think that the Vikings have a chance there. Patriots minus three and a half. I like that one. It does seem like they're starting to get things rolling. Um, and then the the Rams one, I do have them, them winning by 10. I think that they're just going to be able to get up early on this uh, pretty weak Titans defense. They have been playing better, give them some credit. But without Derrick Henry, they're not going to be able to still commit to the run. They're going to have to go to the air. Um, and the Rams defense has enough weapons to to limit Ryan Tannehill in that one. So uh, I like one out of the three there. Um, and then we go, to, or excuse me, two out of three there. And then we go to our props of the week. Jarvis, four and a half catches, has hit in the last three games when he plays the entire full game uh, without injury, without OBJ. He's going to get some more targets. If he can stay healthy, I think he's going to get his catches. Bengals allow the second most receptions to opposing receivers. Then we got Brian Edwards over 40 and a half yards. Edwards' playing time has increased almost 90%, and now that Ruggs is out, it will increase his target share even more. I think he could get half of this number on one catch. And then his last one, Brandon Cooks over four and a half. Receptions, Tyra Taylor's back. Cook has five catches, five-plus catches in seven out of the eight games. Miami is bottom five in catches allowed per game to wide receivers. Cook went for five catches for 132 yards week one with Tyra Taylor. 
So I'm not a big fan of the Jarvis one. You don't really know what you're getting with the Browns offense. And it's also a big question mark if you, if he's able to stay healthy. The Brian Edwards one I like a lot. Uh, no Henry Rugg, so increased playing time for him and ball sharing. Um, and the Raiders love to throw the ball deep. Uh, the Brandon Cooks one I like a lot. It's hit in every game this year except one. And three times this year he's had uh, nine receptions. So I think he's going to be able to get that five. Yeah, I agree with you as well. I like the the Brian Edwards one and the Brandon Cooks one a lot. Um, the Jarvis one is a it's a bit of a risk to me, but I do think that they're going to be trailing in this one to the Bengals, so they might have to throw. So Jarvis could get a few garbage time catches. Uh, but that'll do it for NFL Big Five games of the week, along with our two other segments for Week Nine. I can't believe we're already going to be heading into Week Ten next week, but it's been a fun year here at Beef Up Front. Make sure to stay tuned along the way, and we will talk next week.